0: This is Apostle James' podcast. Transfiguring the world by the word of God and bringing joy to the faces of many. Hello, you are welcome to a very special edition of this podcast. We hear the mystery of connection, the mystery of prayer, the mystery of the Holy Spirit. And then where we are going to, you know, this is Apostle James' Podcast transfiguring the world by the word of God and bringing joy to the faces of many. Okay, let's answer the question that we said we asked in the last episode. Remember that in this episode we are still talking about the Mount Sinai and the Tabernacle experiences. This is the second part of it. But in the last episode we began to talk about that for God to build them the Tabernacle, God said to Moses, let everyone whose heart was touched, to bring him the offering willingly. And then we listed those things that God demanded with by the grace of God in the course of this series. One of the episodes there will give the interpretation, the meaning of those blue, purple, gold, silver, brass, and all the rest of them you know and then he said that he might dwell among them and then we came to a conclusion that God said I want to be among you you know I want to be your Emmanuel so we see the tide of Christ and then we went to Hebrews chapter 3 where we took our main text Hebrews chapter 3 verse 5 and 6 and then verse 6 there and then we found that the Bible said that Christ has a son over his own house. Verse 5 had said, And Moses verily was faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which were to be spoken after. Moses was a servant for the things that were to be spoken after. You understand that? So it was prophetic. In other words, Every Old Testament scripture is prophetic, pointing towards something and pointing towards Christ. And we say that Jesus said in John chapter 5 and 46, 47, that Moses wrote about him. If they believed Moses, they would have believed him. He had told the Jews, and said, you saw the scripture for there you think you have life. They are there that talk about me and you will not come to me to have the life. You think you have life from the scriptures? But they are talking about me Jesus is a historical figure Israel is in existence The history of the Jews Has somebody called Jesus Born by a virgin called Mary In a place called Bethlehem of Judah I get what I'm talking about And then he is a historical person Who made claims And then several Jews believed him. The Jews that knew that you could only worship Jehovah, the God of heaven, who said that I am God. There is none else. And then a Jew came and then other Jews believed him as God. One of them was called Peter. You know him. They found his house where Peter lived. They have found it, archaeologists have found it. They have found also, I think they found also, you know, know the city where they did their business. You know, that kind of, that port city, that fishing community that they were in those days. So these are historical figures. So Jesus is not a myth. Jesus is not a myth. It's not like a Greek mythology. This is the reality. And then many people trusted him. Adultery. somebody was to be stoned for committing an offense caught in the very act of adultery and this person was to be physically stoned to death I they brought that person to Jesus eh? and Jesus as a rabbi as a teacher of the law then don't ask those people questions. if any one of you have no sin then cast the first stone they could not do anything Jesus saved that person from death. That is what salvation is all about. Jesus saved that person from being killed by the law. Jesus saved that person, that woman, caught in the very act of adultery from being stoned. I don't want to get into all the things that we teach about what of the man that did it. No, forget about the man that did it. We are talking about the woman caught in the very act of adultery I would have been stoned but because of Jesus, Jesus asked him a question. If you don't have any sin, then stole this person. And then in the history of the people, he saved that life. And another woman that was called a sinner came to Jesus. He saved Jesus. A Pharisee invited Jesus. And then he was having a feast in the Pharisee's house. The woman came here and bowed herself at the feet of Jesus. A woman called a sinner in the city. Everybody knew her. She took her alabaster box and put it at the feet of Jesus Christ. And the woman, Jesus said, go, your sins are forgiven. Jesus forgave the sins of people Jesus told them I have forgiven your sins And they went rejoicing Without sin and then the law Could not kill them again That is what it is Jesus came forgiving the sins of people That believed in him Those that didn't believe in him died in their sins So Jesus is a real being He is the savior of the world To those that believe him If you don't believe in Jesus You will die in your sin according to the law And you will be Killed. So that's what we're talking about. So we, this is not a bit. And then the Bible says here in the book of in the book of uh, 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 Hebrew chapter three verse six that Jesus Christ, uh, as a son, you know, was faithful over his own house. Is faithful over his own house, whose house we are. And then Jesus said that Moses wrote about. Moses wrote about things that shall be that pointed towards Christ and then as Moses was faithful towards the house the tabernacle so Jesus is faithful over the house and we are the house so the tabernacle was talking about Christ and then Moses was was faithful over it and that is what we are trying to understand right now because when we understand what is written then we understand Christ the reason that many do not understand christ is because we are too peripheral we don't go back again to the word of god we need to return to the word of god praise the lord it is not an idea in fact worship is not the way we want it worship is the will of god jesus said that will be done on earth as it is in heaven praise god amen so and then we began to talk in the last episode and then god said bring me bring me Uh, offering so that you will build me a house i will dwell among you they say you must do it what willingly and in the last one we talked about willingness so you will give it willingly so it is it depends upon you god does not force us then we ask the question the question which we want to answer right now in this episode is this why does god make giving back to him optional when the fire also remained that he cannot ask us to give if he had not replenished already according to luke chapter 6 38. the answer is very simple very very simple god does it to prove us and make us be architects of our blessing or cursing. let me repeat it again i said god makes given to him optional because he wants us to be architects of our blessing or cursing. look at what malachi chapter 3 verse 8 to 12. look at what it says he said will a man rob god yet ye have robbed me but you say how have we robbed thee entice and offerings we are cursed with a cause. In other words, we are architects of our blessing or cursing depends on our response to the demand of God. If God demands from us, we respond. We are blessed. If God demands from us, we don't respond. Automatically we are cursed. You know, look at what Jesus said. Look at what Jesus said in the book of John chapter 3. See, in John chapter 3 It says I will not read verse 16 We know that For God so loved the world He gave the Son That whosoever be believeth should not perish but shall life Then verse 17 see, For God sent not his Son Into the world To condemn the world but That the world through him Might be saved Then look at what it says He that believeth on him Is not condemned but he that believeth not Is condemned already Because he had not believed In the name of the only begotten son of God I, You don't agree about this That's what Jesus said You see, we are the architects of our blessing Or the architects of our cousin Depends on what we do Now, you accept Jesus, you are blessed You reject Jesus, you are cursed automatically i was explaining something about salvation you see don't think that christians are in the majority it's not true remember bible said that the whole world lies in wickedness remember that there was a time the only nation that belonged to god was israel how many were there there are only about 600,000 people that came out from the land of Egypt. How many are Israelites right now? If you put both the Israelites in diaspora and the Israelites that are living in the, in the native land, in the land in the Palestine there, you know, it's not up to 50 million put together all together. All of them put together. Maybe about that. It, take it 20 million if you ask Google to tell you now I, I asked a question the other day I asked how many Arabs there are about 436 million Arabs now take about 20 million of the Jews in the midst of over 400 million Arabs you find how small the people of God are you know why? because the whole earth lies in wickedness, that is why it's redemption. The first Adam was procreation, son of God. The second Adam, the last Adam, second Adam was is the redemption, son of God. He came to redeem, to save the procreated children. Every person born into the world is born into sin. That's what David said. David, the king, the great king, one of the greatest king, the greatest king. Of, of israel he said that in iniquity my mother conceived me i was conceived in iniquity i was shaped in iniquity we are all born under sin bible says even about christ born under the law you understand it so every person is born a sinner there is no one righteous Romans chapter 3 verse 10 and verse 23 all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of god so when we accept christ we are saved if we reject christ we are damned. that is why when god wants redemption the tabernacle in the wilderness was the beginning of redemptive process of god come on so god will make it as a choice for you to be a part of that redemption process he could have forced them bring this thing and i will build it i will be among you no god does not force himself to be among us, so God said, "Bring offering willingly to prove us." And then in Malachi, where I was reading, He said that if you bring it, He said you are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and test me now, here with. Say the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you a blessing that there shall be there shall, there shall not be room enough to receive it, and I will reduce the devourer for your sex, and then he shall not destroy your fruit. You see, so we are the architect of our blessing or cursing, depending on our responses to God's demand when god tells you give me and then you give to god you are blessed if god says to you receive and you refuse to receive you are cursed that is the way that it is for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever eh, that whosoever believed him should should have everlasting life but he says, for God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through might be saved. But this is the condemnation that light has come into the world, but they rejected the light and accepted darkness. So the moment you reject Christ, you are cursed. There are only two kinds of people on planet Earth. What me. That's what Jesus said. Those who are blessed and those who are cursed. You are cursed when you you reject Christ. You are blessed when you accept Christ. And that was what happened in the wilderness. When he was bringing the redemption uh, to institutionalize redemption by the tabernacle. Because that tabernacle is a redemption experience to come and dwell among them. Praise the Lord. And then he says to them, Whosoever that is willing, let him bring it. So God requires us to give to him so that we can be architects of our blessing or cousin so that we can also design the future gifts and spiritual nature he will perfect us into you know what we give to god is what he's going to use to design the kind of house the kind of gift he's going to bestow upon us ephesians chapter 4 from verse 7 to verse 11. Yeah. so god Demand from us to give to him so that because from what we give, the approach we approach God, we determine how God is going to bestow his grace upon you for the service of the Lord. We will determine our blessing, we determine our blessing. Praise the Lord, you know, almost as a rule, almost as a rule. God always, almost as a rule, begins us with favor. Almost as a rule, God begins His people with favor. He began the Israelites with favor. Exodus chapter 12, verse 36. Exodus chapter 12, verse 36. And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, so that they gave unto them such things as they required. And they spoiled the Egyptians. God almost as a rule. Always gives his people favor. Begins his people with favor. We also find this in Genesis chapter 12, verse 16. In Genesis chapter 12, verse 16, in the land of Egypt, we find that uh, Pharaoh treated Abraham well for the sake of uh, Sarah. And he had sheep and oxen and he asses and men servers, and men servers, and she asses and camels almost as a rule God begins his people with favor again it happened with Abraham in Genesis chapter 20 verse 14 and Abimelech took sheep and oxen and men's and women servants and gave them unto Abraham and restored him, Sarah, his wife. Almost as a rule, God begins his own with favor. Almost as a rule. Luke chapter 2, verse 52, And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. Almost as a rule, God begins his own with favor. And about the apostles, the early church, in Acts chapter 2, verse 47, the Bible says that, verse 46, and they continued daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their bread with gladness and singleness of heart, verse 47, praising God having favor with all the people and the lord added to the church daily such as should be saved almost as a rule the capital that god begins his own with his favor god almost as a rule begins his own with favor favor he takes physically from people and hands over to his own almost as a rule God begins his own with favor, but then he tests our willingness to give him back, like he did with Abraham in Genesis chapter 22, from verse 1 to 18. God gave Abraham Isaac, but then tests our willingness to give him back. So, almost as a rule, he gives favor, he gave to the Israelites, and then and they spoiled egyptian but he said to them give me willingly almost as a rule so god begin with favor but he takes our obedience to giving him back he gives our life free but he asked us to give him back our life he does not force us yet he breathed into us and we are alive but he said give me back your life <laughs> give me back the life and we hold the life, just like little children. You know, a little child, you take something and go to market and buy biscuits for a child. And you give the child the biscuit. And I say, give me back. The child will take the biscuit and put behind. That's what we do with our life. And God is just looking at us. Just to test back our obedience. So that is why God does not make giving him back compulsory. God does not make giving your life mandatory. God does not make worshiping Him mandatory. God does not make it at all. You choose to worship Him, you worship Him. You choose not to worship, you don't worship Him. You don't understand that? But He's waiting for you. You know, God is a spirit. When you become spirit, He waits for you. <laughs> you understand what said? says? Eh? So He waits for you. We may laugh now. We should laugh over it. Eh? But it's a serious matter that it should make you to come back unto God. God is asking you, give me your life. You know, God gives you, where we read the Malachi, it's all about, you know, material things. But he gives you and says, give me back willingly to test our obedience. You know, in Ezra chapter 16, verse 4, look at the interesting thing that God said to Moses. You know, in Ezra chapter 16, verse 4, Then said the LORD unto Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a certain amount every day, that I may test them, I may prove them, test them, whether they will walk in my law or not. You understand? So, God willingly and freely gave them manna just to test them you know sometimes when I pray this prayer I say God test me Lord test me with your prosperity and see whether I will obey you whether I will keep your law or not almost as a rule God gives us you know by favor just to test our willingness to obey him willingness to keep his law willingness to follow him praise the Lord God demands from us To test our faithfulness to Him. eh? Whether we can do His will, eh? whether we'll be faithful to His service. Look at Psalm chapter 18, from verse 24 to verse 26. Therefore, had the Lord recompensed me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hand in His eyesight, with the merciful That will show thyself merciful with an upright man. That will show thyself upright with the pure. That will show thyself pure, Uh, and with the perverse, that will show thyself perverse. Opposed, you know, God tests us, He gives us, and then He tests us, and afterwards, He responds to us. As we have responded to Him, you see that's what He says here. When we decide not to give Him our life unto holiness, they increase us the way that we have presented ourselves. So we become the architect of God blessing or God cursing upon our life. He gives our life free. You know, unfortunately, many of us were born by parents who had already rejected God. We thank God for the era we are in and then you can hear the gospel. Whether you are in Asia, you can hear this gospel as you are hearing now. And you can willingly give your life to the God of heaven, not the idol that you are seeing. You don't see this God. In the book of Deuteronomy chapter four, God told them it is not this thing that you see, not an idol, not an image. You don't make any image at all. That is not the God of heaven and the earth. The God of heaven and the earth is beyond the sun. The one you cannot see. That is the God of the heaven and the earth. That is your creator. Your creator is not that an idol that you are seeing, you bow down before him. That is idolatry. That is idolatry. Is idolatry, it is not your God, it is a demon that is behind it. You know, I talked about this thing in the podcast here. You can go back and check when we will talk about God the Spirit, and also when we will talk about uh, uh, God versus Paris. We talked about in one of the episodes here God versus Paris. You know, many people think that they are sacrificing to God and not that sacrifice to demons. And we took a cue from the book of Corinthians. We say, what is Gentile sacrifice? They sacrifice to demons and not unto God. Any sacrifice that you are rendering right now because there is no more sacrifice, Christ is the Lamb of God, the sacrifice of God. So there is no more sacrifice at all. Anyone that tells you about it to sacrifice, you are sacrificing to a demon and not unto God. You need salvation. Give your life unto God by faith right now. And receive Jesus Christ. He is the salvation. He is your Savior. You receive him and thou shalt be saved. Amen. He gives you freely. You know, I'm talking about why does God make it optional for us to give him back he makes it optional that is why that the earth is as it is he makes it optional to give back to god is optional to give your life back to god is optional to give him what he will use to produce you is optional to make you you know his servant is optional huh what does he do with them so that he can test our faithfulness unto him Praise the Lord So there are multiple reasons We find it that we can go through the entire scripture From Genesis to Revelation And then find out that God never coerces us To give him back unto him So as we are talking about giving back unto him right now God is testing your obedience God is trying to test Will you respond right now? I don't forget. I attended Rehan Bonke of the Blessed Memory, the Crusade. I always like to say it. I can say this without mentioning him, no. But I love that message that he preached, you know. And then he talked about the when the Pharisees they linked up with the with the Herodias, and they came together to test Jesus. I just like the way, you know, evangelist, Bonke, how he, you know, how, how he interpreted that place. When they brought the coin, Jesus said, show me the, the coin, whose inscription is on the coin. And then they said that it was Caesar. He says, whose image is it? He says, Caesar's his image. He said, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. And then give to God what belongs to God. And then I love the way that that servant of God said it in those days there. And then he said, whose image are you? Whose image are you? If the coin was carrying the image of Caesar. Keep back to Caesar now, what belongs to Caesar? Because it's Caesar's image. But you, you are image of God. So God has a right. We should give back your image to God because you are the image of God. Whose image? That's in Matthew chapter 22. I don't forget that. Where I stood at the back, I said, Wow. And I thank God for so many people that gave their life. The same message I bring to you right now. You are the image of God. Whose image are you? You take the image of Caesar and give back to Caesar, you pay your tax, you pay your tax, you pay your tax, you pay your tax, tax, company tax, you know, personal tax, income tax. But do you know that your life is the image of God? You return it back unto God. But you are holding it back to yourself. God is waiting for you. God is waiting for you. God does not force you so that god can come and dwell inside it is when you give your life unto god then god will now come and dwell inside of you to make of you the hope that he wants to make of you praise god you see it is what we give back unto god that god will use to build us His tabernacle what we give back to god the nature of what we give to god that is what god is going to use to build us in Obaki's tabernacle. In First Corinthians, as I am concluding this thing right now, in First Corinthians chapter 3, verse 12, in First Corinthians chapter 3, verse 12, we connect us to that uh, uh, Psalm chapter 18. It says, To the forward, God will show himself forward, right? To the pure, God will show himself front. Look at what First Corinthians chapter 3, verse 12 says. Now, if any man should, if any man build upon this foundation gold silver precious stones wood hair stubble every man's work shall be made manifest you know second timothy chapter 2 verse 20 also says that in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and of silver but also of wood and of earth and of some to honor and some to dishonor. honor, you find out that, that if we present ourselves as vessels of gold, God will make the force as golden instruments. If we offer ourselves as vessels of silver, God will make us force of silver value. If we offer ourselves as wood and stubble, you understand that. It is what we offer unto God. There are people. In fact, what struck me? Look at the what the Bible says about different kinds of seed. In Matthew chapter thirteen, you remember the parable that Jesus Christ gave to us. You remember the parable? Jesus said that some seed fell by the wayside, and they discovered different kinds of uh, Christians, different kinds of believers, different kind of people that hear the word of God. he said there are wayside believers. You know, there are wayside people, the way we handle the word of God. There are stony, you know, stony sided you know, stony hearts. You know, these are the kinds of hearts of men, wayside. You have also the stony heart. How do we offer it? You know the one I want to talk about? is the one that fell among tongues. He says the cares of this world. Look at what the Lord says there. You know, he said, verse 22, Matthew chapter 13, verse 22, He also that received the seed among us is he that inherited the word and the care of this age, this life, and the deceitfulness of riches choke the world, and he becometh unfruitful. You see, my interest here is that they become it unfruitful. You see, I always say, they become useless to god do you know that people that become useless to god they become useless that's what it says that some are good, some are safer there is a way that we will we mingle we give our life we become just useless to god in fact we are useless to the devil and useless to god in fact very when you are useless to god you are useful to the devil are you getting talking about Jesus said, Jesus said, he says because of the deceitfulness of riches. Remember they grew up. They fell among tongues. The tongues didn't choke them immediately. But because of the cares of this life and the deceitfulness of riches, the Bible said they became unfruitful. In other words, they became useless to God. They became useless. I, I don't want to be a useless, you know, hearer of the word of God. I don't want to be that. You know, it depends on the way we offer ourselves unto God. So you find that that we become the architect of our blessing or the architect of our crossing. That is why God does not make it. He does not make it to be mandatory. It is not compulsory. It is just you willingly. You say, my son, give me your heart. Give me your heart. Give me your heart so that I can build you. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. And you know what? Because there is always a harvest time and uh, you know, there's always a harvest time, I don't say sea time. When you give your life to God, there is always a reward. There is always a time of reward for giving your life apart from eternity. You know, the Lord spoke unto Peter and the disciples when they say, We have left all things and followed you. What shall be our reward? Jesus looked at them and then and laughed. I said, No person that has forsaken father, mother, everything, houses, everything have followed me, that he said, In this world, you will receive food Eh? food A translation said with persecution. And they say that in the life to come, guaranteed eternal life when you make your life a sacrifice unto God you have guaranteed eternal life of course with persecution amen because that you have given your life unto Christ amen so there is a reward for giving your life unto Christ there is a reward for giving your heart for God to build you a tabernacle remember what we are talking about is Mount Sinai and The tabernacle experiences, and it began with God demanding that they should give back unto him. And we are talking about now giving to God, giving back to God, the blessedness of giving back to God. Give back to God right now, and then there is a harvest time when you are going to reap. Amen. Hallelujah. So you'll be patient. You'll be strong in faith. You'll be patient with God. And then you are going to have a reaping that God is going to make a magnificent house out of your life. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. And there is a seed time, so there is a harvest time. Between those periods are times of the triad of our faith. Amen. But you see, no giving back to God or giving to God unwillingly shows the door of heavenly favor. Not giving back, materially back unto God. Giving back your life unto God. Jesus said, if you hear it and you reject Him, you break a curse. In fact, He said, it were better that a millstone was hung on the person and the person cast into the sea that will offend one of these little ones. In other You say, is it good for me to hear the gospel and reject it or not to hear it at all? None is good. It is not good for you not to hear. And it is not good for you to hear and not to willingly respond to him. Because according to Jesus, if you hear and you do not respond, then you are condemned. If you hear and reject, you are condemned. But if you don't hear at all and you don't know, then you are also in trouble that is why the age that we are in is so beautiful that you are hearing blessed are ye that hear that's why he told the disciples you are blessed blessed are ye that hear what you are hearing right now blessed are ye that you have opportunity to give to god you see apart from giving your life you give your substance unto god but we are talking about the tabernacle experience the how that we are give god your life and god will make you a tabernacle, make you a house. It is the way you give your life to God that God will grant ministry unto you. You cannot become an apostle where you do not give your life fully unto God. Do you know the people that Jesus called apostles? Let me use that place to conclude right now. Let me show you the people that Jesus chose and made apostles. Now look at Luke chapter 6 from verse 12 from verse 12 to verse just look at Luke chapter 6 from verse from verse 12 to verse 19 you are going to see now look at the people that he chose to become apostles now listen very well and it came to pass in those days that he went out into a mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God it looked like Jesus was alone now look at verse 13 And when it was day he called unto him his disciples and of them he chose twelve whom also he named apostles so when he went to pray there were people that were with him on the mountain now look at this verse 14 says Simon whom he named Peter and Andrew his brother James and John Philip Bartholomew Matthew Thomas uh, James the son of aphios and simon called Zelot and judas the son of james and judas iscariot who also was the traitor. now verse 17 and he came down with them and stood in the plain now do you understand he went to the mountain so there were those that went to mountain with him he didn't choose his apostles from those that were in the plain are you get what i'm talking about so it is the way you give your life, your commitment will determine what grace that He's going to give to you. The way you surrender to God, the way you read your Bible, the way that you, you go to church, the way that you pray, personal prayer. Look at the people that became wicked. It is not this thing that we do these days that is the bifavoritism, no. When Holy Ghost is to give you grace, it is your commitment that will determine the grace, the anointing that is going to bestow upon your life. You cannot just become an apostle without studying the word of God. In those days they have to stay down. That is why you, you know, they they call these days, you know, something you, you know, people question the call that we have nowadays. Somebody does not really understand the word of God and he's an apostle, he's a prophet, he's an evangelist. Eh? You don't know the Holy Ghost? You don't know the Holy Ghost? Whose call is that? Jesus chose apostles who were on the mountain, and then he came down. So there were the mountain top disciples. They didn't know that they were going to be chosen that day. But they were with Jesus. I'm not going to get deeper into that. Some other occasion will bring across it. You know that when they were to choose a replacement eh, of, for Judas, you know that what they said. they said, they would choose one of those that had been with them from the beginning so Matthias had been with them from the beginning but Jesus didn't choose Matthias at that time so he must have been one of those mountain top disciples you must be a mountain top disciple for God to make you an apostle you can't be an apostle if you are not a mountain top disciple who stay with jesus in the night jesus all through the night was praying he says you must know how to stay all through the night you can't be an apostle and you're a sleeping apostle you cannot be you can't be a pastor and you're a sleeping a pastor you cannot be you cannot be uh, you cannot just be eating and drinking and so that day. No, know you cannot be so the way that we do our Christianity will determine the grace that's why he's willing you must do it willingly. He doesn't force you. God does not coerce you. Jesus cannot coerce you into ministry. He doesn't coerce you. Praise the Lord. He doesn't coerce you into service. That is what the place is talking about right now. So we are going to continue in this. Remember the first one that we talked about. You know the first episode, and now the second one is now giving unto the Lord. This is the Mount Sinai and Tabernacle experience. I know that God is charging you. Let's return. I said in the last one there, we said that the root of Christianity is the scriptures. We must return to the word of God and understand how this thing works. It is not an idea. It is not an idea. Enough of running the church of Jesus Christ as an idea of men. There is a root. Christ has a root. Jesus took time to explain the scriptures unto the disciples. And they stood on the scriptures. They continued on the scriptures. They called the scriptures to come to pass. You know, they worked it out. When Bible said, Walk out your salvation with fear and trembling, what are you working out? It's according to the scriptures. You know the will of God. You are working according to the scriptures. Praise the Lord. Let's return to the root. That is why that we are saved. That we we'll return to the root. For all things that are written have been written, for our own good, that through the comfort of the scripture we my find hope. Amen. Through the comfort of the scripture, you may discover your root in Christ. You discover your root in Christ. Praise the Lord. And return. Amen. Unto him. Praise God. I know that you are enjoying it. Amen. Amen. This is Mount Sinai and Tabernacle experiences. We are going to continue in this next time. Amen. We're going to continue in this next time. Our page there, Apostle James, uh, you know, Apostle Apostle James, you know, on faith. You know, there is this song that uh, that servant of God will say That come on to Jesus and give him your life today. Come on to Jesus and then and then let him have his way. Come on to Jesus right now and then give him your life today. Come on to Jesus and then let him have his way. Praise the Lord willingly. Give your life unto Jesus. Willingly give your body and he will form you. The deacons, they were just there full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom. And God used them to become the first deacons of the church. The same thing with the apostles here. Appointment come by reason of the way you offer your life. Look at Acts chapter 10. The Bible says there, there were some group of teachers there, and they were ministering and prophets. and they were ministering to the Lord and fasting. They were just ministering to the Lord and fasting and praying. The Holy Ghost says, separate unto me, Paul and Barnabas, unto the one that I have called them. You understand that? Eh? They were ministering to the Lord And fasting and praying, And God says, pray unto me It is the way that you surrender your life It's a test of obedience He wouldn't force you He does not force us Praise the Lord God does not force you God will not force you It is the greatest thing that can happen That you yield your life unto God Yield your life unto Christ Praise the Lord Don't be Don't be eh? Don't be like the seed That fell among thorns Remember Jesus said it you said, the deceitfulness of riches eh, Choked their life You know, Catherine Kumar said That she was the ninth choice of God Catherine Kumar, of the blessed memory And what's her? She says she was the ninth choice of God You ask yourself, what of the phase eight? Some of them are choked By the deceitfulness of riches Most likely Are you getting that? You see, some of us like that huh? Are you sure? What choice of God are you? let God not bypass you remember that Bible says about King Saul that God has found a neighbor better than he a neighbor better than he may your neighbor not take your place I get what I'm saying. It depends on the way that we surrender our life unto God. It depends on the way that we give ourselves unto God. It depends on the way. Eh? To the forward, He will show Himself forward. To the pure, mago mago, you are doing God today. Lousy lousy, you go to church lousy lousy. Your blessing will come lousy lousy. Are you get what I'm talking about? You are serious with God. Your blessing will come there. You wake up in the night to pray. Your blessing will pursue while you are sleeping. That is the will of God. Go and read the book of Psalm, chapter 41. Go and read the book of Psalm. You know, it said that blessings, you know, that consider the poor. Why you are, even if that you are you become sick, God will make your bed on the sick bed. Look at the thousand and one thing that God will do. Every single thing that you are doing for God is a seed. You are showing back a seed. Return your life willingly unto God and see the blessing that God will bring upon your life. Praise the Lord. When we understand the word of God, then you get rooted. That's what I said. That this is with this 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 tabernacle experience will give you the sure foundation. You know the Christ whom you believe. You know and receive sure foundation. You know that you know we sing as well. A sure foundation, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone. Stone. He that believe it will not be put to shame. Praise the Lord. You will not be put to shame for believing. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. You and your family and that shall be saved. Whether you are a child, give your life willingly unto God. Let no person pressure you. Stop being pressured. Give yourself willingly unto God. Stop being pressured. Give yourself unto fasting and praying. Give yourself unto prayer. And God, will, you, you will lift up your life just naturally. Give yourself to Bible reading. Give yourself over. And get yourself filled. Is the way that you do it. God will not force you. The Bible has been given unto us read it read it daily read it every minute read it every second the book of the lord shall not depend upon your man but that shall be taught upon it day and night that's how ministers are made that's how they are manufactured that is how this thing is done and then you become god will God will energize you the power of god will come upon your life before you know it. that's what happened to moses Moses went to the mountain stayed there. Moses did not know that he was shining. And by the time he came back, he was glowing. You wouldn't even know. It happened to many of us. When you stay in the presence of God, you go out there. You would not know. But when you begin to play Jerome with God, God will begin to play Jerome with you. Uh, Draw nigh unto me and draw nigh unto you. That's what the Bible says. Go far from God and God will go far from you. Draw closer unto God. So willingly you give unto God. So God does not make it compulsory. He loves you. He loves us. So he doesn't make it mandatory. So willingly. So willingly give your life unto Jesus. Turn your life unto Jesus right now. Turn your life unto God right now. And see the wonder that will come upon your life. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I just love this. Amen. I'm going to continue in this. We're going to continue in this. Remember, we are talking about Mount Sinai and tabernacle experiences. We have not even scratched it, but we thank God for what God is doing. (laughs) I'm excited. I know that you're excited. If you have any questions, just give us a shout. Praise God. God bless you so much. Remember, I am your regular host, the Lord Brother Apostle James O'Baby, transfiguring the world by the word of God and bringing joy to the faces of many. See you next time. This is Apostle James Podcast, transfiguring the world by the word of God and bringing joy to the faces of many.